Welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. I'm your host, Meredith Bruss. I'm here to teach you about my supportive, nurturing sleep solutions for infants and young children. We'll also be discussing the highs and lows of motherhood, what will help you feel whole and rested, and I'll explain what you can do now to help your little one thrive in every way for many years to come. I am excited to help you experience more fulfillment as a mother. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Sweet Slumber Podcast. I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. My new friend, Natalie Rita, is with us. Natalie, hello. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. So Natalie and I met a couple of weeks ago and hit it off right away. It was a fun and fascinating conversation. An hour flew by in just a heartbeat. I knew I couldn't keep her to myself. So here we are today for another conversation. Um, I can't wait to hear what you think of Natalie, her story and her message. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her real quick and then let her tell you more. Natalie is a certified transformational life coach master NLP practitioner, which you can tell us more about that, (laughs) master clinical hypnotherapist, I said that wrong, therapist, stage four cancer survivor, and busy mom to a rambunctious toddler and a newborn. She fuses her personal experiences and extensive training to guide and empower women on transformative healing journeys where they conquer stress and anxiety and develop a positive mindset to not only thrive in the face of adversity, but to also create lives they adore. I just love that. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us more about yourself and your family, your background before we get into the rest of your fascinating yes. story. So hi, I'm Natalie and I am a Brit living in the sunny southwest of Germany. I'm actually in the wine region. I met my husband backpacking in Australia is German and that was yeah like nine years ago now so after about a year of backpacking together I followed him back to Germany. That's great I love it and how old is your newborn? Yeah so she is actually turning 14 weeks old tomorrow I have no idea where the time is gone I really don't and yeah and I have a two and a half year old son as well so they're my miracle babies I just um, yeah, I'm so blessed to have them both in my life. And you're a go-getter. You have ambition and nothing gets in your way. And I love that because did you tell me that you are starting a business right now or like yes. pivoting as you yes. have this little tiny baby? Exactly. So I'm actually I'm an English teacher at a private school here in Germany. And after my cancer journey and then going on maternity leave once I went back to work I was like oh this is not lighting my soul up anymore and so then I did a lot of soul searching and a lot of inner work before I was like you know what I know what I need to do I need to use the experience that I went through to help others so I actually got signed off for my whole pregnancy from from work so I spent the whole of my pregnancy basically studying and yeah so I trained to become a master NLP practitioner so NLP is neuro-linguistic programming so it's all about rewiring your neural pathways in your brain and the power of the words that we use in the vocabulary which is so interesting 
and also um yeah a master clinical hypnotherapist because I really wanted to work with people's subconscious minds so that they can start to make rapid transformational changes in their healing journeys because I mean I went through years of therapy to to help overcome cancer and then I had just a couple of NLP sessions and it was just kind of like an overnight success. And I was like, where have you been all my life? Wow. That's so interesting. I, I want to talk to you about that later. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so yeah, just recently you're done with your training and ready. Yeah, right? exactly. So I finished the first lot of training in January and I started seeing clients then just to build up my skills while I was doing like the next level. And so, yeah, I actually finished my training. I was doing a, a training call the day after I gave birth in hospital. And I think that's one of one of the gifts from cancer, even though it's something I would never wish on anybody. It's this, this zest for life that I have. I've got such ambitions and it's not work for me it's a calling it's a passion it's something that I love to do because I'm helping others and it just fills me so because <laughs> I can't stop smiling it just fills me with so much joy and so yeah so I finished my training and I've been launching my business while juggling having a newborn and actually this month is the soft launch of my program freedom to thrive which has been a labor of love getting it all ready and it's a 24-week program to help support cancer patients and survivors, particularly women, navigate their journey with a positive mindset and actually give them practical tools and resources and strategies to be able to develop emotional resilience. And it's interesting, the correlation between my business and my experience as a cancer survivor and being a mum to a newborn. <laughs> Not that like there's a direct comparison, but there are <laughs> there are a lot of things that overlap like the, the the lack of sleep and like the stress that you feel and you know you have like this inner voice that's like is this the right thing are you okay like do you know what I mean like you've got this like internal monologue yeah and like the stress <laughs> can really get to you yeah I'm sure we'll be exploring that more as we talk today because <laughs> it's going to come up again so Call, there's just so much I want to talk to you about, but I think on our first conversation, my favorite part was when I really listened to you share your cancer story. So are you yeah. ready to share that with us? I am. I am. So I was diagnosed with colon cancer completely out of the blue at 31 years old, like a week before Christmas and four months before my wedding. And it was, and it really was completely out of the blue. I had just started my full-time job at a private school in Germany and so I was feeling fatigued but you know nothing out of the ordinary I thought I had noticed some blood in my stool here and there but at the time <laughs> I thought it was because I was eating so much beetroot I was like oh that's why it's a funny color and my doctor wasn't concerned I was young I was healthy so she was like well we'll send you for a colonoscopy just to be sure and I had to wait six months to be seen because I wasn't a priority. It wasn't, they thought I had polyps and that one of them might have ruptured. So I went for my colonoscopy and you're partially sedated when that happens. So my husband had to come pick me up. And then the woman was like, just come into the room, please. And then she sat us down and then she started talking. And then she said, oh, she said something. And then she said, Krebs. 
which in German means cancer. So, I mean, I had been learning German, but my German wasn't great. So I like, I just didn't really get it. And I had to, like, I looked at my husband and I saw his face and I was like, oh, like, this is serious. But I couldn't compute what she was saying. So I was like, cool. So what, you're going to sign me off work for like a week? That's really not going to work for me because I'm doing a Christmas carol, Charles Dickens, (laughs) with my grade eight class. And she's like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. You're not going back to work you know, you're going to have surgery and then we're going to be talking chemo and what the next steps are. So I spent my 32nd birthday in intensive care and I woke up and I was not prepared to have um, a stoma. So I'm not sure if you know what that is, but that's when they pull a little bit of your intestine out of your body and they put a bag to you to like catch the waste. And obviously that was to protect like the the scar like the area that they cut out so they removed 10 centimeters of my intestine because I had colon cancer so they did that to protect the area to let it heal first because obviously I mean you can't (laughs) you don't want to have anything going through there while that's healing but I was not prepared for that and it was on the form that you fill in again all in German oh no so I just signed everything and I woke up and I was like what is this and you know I'm supposed to be getting married so oh I gosh. I hated my body, absolutely hated my body and getting getting personal here, but I didn't want to be intimate with my partner either. And, you know, we were supposed to get married. So we had this big discussion of, like, do you even want to be with me anymore? Like I would understand. And he was fantastic. He was like, look, you know, I was going to promise to marry you in sickness and in health in four months. It just happens that the the sickness is before the vows. So he was really so wonderful about the whole thing. So they had the surgery and I was going to have chemo and they were like, oh, you should go and see the radiologist just to check if you need to have radiation. And he basically said in no uncertain terms that he would nuke my womb, that there would be no other possibility for the area they needed to hit. My He would nuke my womb. And like, that's the actual phrase that he said. Oh my gosh. I'm like, but I'm, I want to be a mom. Like, I want to have kids. So I made the, the difficult decision that I would not have radiation because I was like, okay, with chemo, I might not ever be able to have kids. <laughs> There's a very real possibility, but it's still, it's still a possibility. Like, I still had hope. So, yeah, I rejected radiation, had the chemo which, yeah, is awful. Yeah. And then after all of that, I thought that I was over it. And during this time, I actually kind of shut down my emotions. I was just going through the motions. I put on this like mask of positivity. But yeah, inside I was just distraught and I didn't know how to to deal with my emotions. And then the day came when they could reverse the stoma and like I had this thing of like, oh, when that's reversed and I'm like back to normal again, then I can start living my life. But life had other plans. And unfortunately, due to complications from surgery, I developed a septic abscess. But I also had, unluckily, a one in a million reaction to a painkiller I was taking that completely destroyed my immune system. Oh, my God. So... I went to hospital, had emergency surgery 
and woke up quarantined. And, you know, a doctor entered in the mask, the gown, the gloves, the booties. And he was like, we can keep you comfortable. But there's not really much that we can do. And then after a week of being in that hospital, he was like, I'm going to send you somewhere else because I really don't know what to do with you. What? Yeah. <laughs> Which are the words that you really want to hear from a doctor, right? Yeah, disheartening conversations you had. At least yeah. it's English, maybe? <laughs> so that was all in German. And then I got transferred to the new hospital. And that was the university hospital. And I asked the doctor, can you speak English? And he said, yes. And I was like, great. Tell me what's going on. And he was like, well, I'm going to be honest, Mrs. Reader. You're either going to live or you're going to die. We can, oh we can make you comfortable. But you don't have an immune system to work with. You Like I had a raging temperature. I was hallucinating. I was on morphine. I was hooked up to all these different drips. My twin sister, who was living in China at the time, flew over in case I needed her bone marrow. My mum was the sole care of my granddad, who was dying from cancer. So she flew over to be with me. And like we had decided to go ahead with a wedding, even though I was having chemo, but we just did the registry office wedding and we postponed like the big ceremony until the year later. And so there I was two months after our wedding in hospital dying from something completely unrelated to cancer. And there was this moment when I, I planned my funeral with my mother. Oh my gosh. And I, asked to be buried in the big wedding dress that I was never going to get to wear and it was sorry it gets to me sometimes when I when I think about that time so yeah like we we planned my funeral and that night this epiphany happened and like you can call it what you will like the voice of god the universe my internal what voice a guardian angel whatever it was but I had this voice that just said it's not your time it's not your time it's not your time to go but I get it like if you've had enough you can give up and you can go but it is not your time and so it was that 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 kind of voice and so the next day when I woke up I was like right I've decided I'm going to live that's awesome. Uh, the doctor sent a therapist to me because he, he thought I lost it. <laughs> so I was like, it's not really in your hands, dear. I know. He's like, I don't think you're taking it seriously. I'm like, no, I am. But um, I'm going to live. And I'm going to America on a holiday in two months. And he was like, mm, I don't know if that's true. But anyway, <laughs> I, I made this decision that I was – going to take back control of my life and do everything possible to be the healthiest version of myself and like that started with my mindset that really is kind of what what gave me this epiphany that I was like I just had this single-minded focus of I want to live and I want to live a life that's really truly worth living because I think until that time I hadn't realized that I'd been playing small I'd been doing the things that society expected of me or what I thought was expected of me. You know, I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do and really caring about what other people thought about me. And it took me almost dying to be like, okay, well, 
that's not going to work for me anymore. So anyway, I had physical therapy. I saw a talking therapist. I dove into the world of holistic healing. I did art therapy, dance therapy, journaling, meditation, tapping, hypnotherapy, like you name it, I did it. And yeah, and it really just changed my entire experience. And my, and my greatest learning is we cannot control what happened to us. We can only control how we react to it. And in that reaction, that's, that's where you start thriving. That's where you start living your life. That's where you take your power back. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then nine months after that, forgot the cusp of the story, the cancer metastasized. So then I was stage four. And um, the nurses in hospital were like, you are the most positive stage four cancer patient we've ever met. And I'm like, well, I mean, what what you going to do? <laughs> so... And it was interesting because I do think having that near-death experience meant that I had the tools and the coping strategies to be able to to process what was happening. I was like, well, okay, it sucks, but I'm not going to stop living. I'm not going to put things on hold anymore. I'm just steaming straight through, full speed ahead, squeezing the life out of every single moment that I have because people save things for a special occasion, right? Like they save that bottle of wine, they save that dress, they save those shoes, they save all these different things for a special occasion. And to me, being alive is a special occasion. So yeah, I just, I love being alive. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, what was, when did you overcome cancer? Did you have it one time? So I had it, so I had it twice. So um, yeah, so I had, I was diagnosed in December 2017, had surgery in the January, had then chemo, and then unfortunately, yeah, it, it metastasized then a year later, and we found out in April 2018, and actually, just before we were supposed to go on our postponed honeymoon to the Maldives, so the day we were supposed to fly, I was in surgery. So, and again, it sucked, and I could have been really bitter about it, but I one of the things I think is the most powerful tool is reframing things because it's very easy to get stuck in this negative cycle of why me? Why is this happening to me? It's not fair. And instead of being like, you know, oh, I have to have surgery. And I was like, I get to have surgery. I get to have life-saving treatment so that I can still be here. And like making small changes about reframing how we think about things, how we talk about things, how we talk about ourselves is so powerful and that translates not just to cancer but you know into my life as a wife and as a mother as and as a business owner I'm constantly being mindful of the words that I use and it's changed my life for the better I can literally say I'm happier and healthier now post-cancer diagnosis celebrating four years no evidence of disease (laughs) looking forward to next year when I hit that five year mark and I'm officially in remission yeah that's awesome on your way huh oh that's so wonderful I love it well I know that you learned a lot and that your journey inspired what your work is now and so let's talk about that what are some of the, the different like aha moments you had as you were being seen for your cancer and maybe even like looking back things that you think about now 
so it's it's interesting with a cancer diagnosis how society has this idea of what you should look like now I had colon cancer so the chemotherapy that I had meant that I didn't lose my hair so I actually had a lot of pushback and a lot of comments from people who were like you don't look sick because I didn't look like how they expected me to look so I had imposter syndrome about having cancer what and the thing is I'm not the only person who experiences that like I have friends who are battling cancer and I have clients that I support and we all kind of have the same thing that you know it's like oh maybe you haven't lost your hair or maybe you are only stage one it doesn't matter like what stage you are or what your experience is cancer is cancer and it's just terrible from beginning to end and it is interesting that in a fight for your life and your your very existence (laughs) you can still be then worrying about what other people thinking about you it's yeah it's just it's so so crazy to me that 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 still happens yeah I mean it just seems so surreal to think I'm not suffering enough or I don't fit the bill so people don't think I'm suffering or Uh even to think about other people just seems so foreign like girl (laughs) you're doing something crazy stuff right now (laughs) this this doesn't need to be any harder for our compassion or for people willing to step in and help or support you right exactly but it's like you know with my children for example I was told by a fertility specialist who literally had tears in her eyes when she spoke to me saying there's nothing we can do for you we can't give you any hormones because it will promote tumor growth we can't harvest your eggs or anything like that we just have to wait and see and the likelihood that you'll be able to get pregnant is really small even if you do there's probably going to be something wrong with the fetus you probably won't be able to carry the baby to term because you've got like all of this scar tissue oh my god and 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 regardless I was like well like I do believe in the law of attraction and in manifesting and in the power of, of our energy and and in prayer and so I was like well I'm not I'm not going to allow that negativity in for me and I conceived two beautiful healthy children and had natural pregnancies and births and it's really enriched my life but the the interesting thing with with motherhood and like and going back to the imposter syndrome and everything like that I felt like I could never complain or talk about how difficult motherhood was because it's everything I had ever wanted but God, it was hard, <laughs> particularly with my first, because I mean, it was COVID. I didn't get to have my family around. My husband didn't get to go to the scans. I was constantly afraid. Like, you know, people were wearing masks, people weren't wearing masks. You couldn't go anywhere. My family uh, were in the UK. So like they didn't get to meet my son until he was six months old. I didn't get to do the mummy baby groups. I didn't really have support. And I definitely... Well, and even like that doctors, depressed. doctors wouldn't even see us unless we were yeah. like dying or something. It's ridiculous. They support. Yeah. And didn't your husband only get to be in after the birth for an hour? Is that what you told me? Yeah. So first of all, being in labor, I mean, you know, as mothers, we've all like, you know, almost all of us have experienced labor and they were like, we would really like you to wear your mask until you feel like you can't anymore. And I'm like, I am 
breathing through the pain I'm not wearing a mask like sucking it in and blowing it out I'm not doing that and so I just took the mask off but yeah he wasn't allowed to be in the hospital until I was four centimeters dilated and then after the birth after an hour they were like right you have to leave oh my god yeah so in the end we did end up paying for um an extra like room so that he could we could have a family room so that we could spend that time together because otherwise because of covid he was only allowed to come and visit for an hour an hour a day oh my gosh it was like outrageous year and a half or two of 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 madness rules and limitations and it's just insane isn't it how how funny is it that when our children get old enough we're gonna have to explain like the great toilet paper shortage of like 2020 (laughs) I know we have like three Christmas ornaments about that because we think it's so funny. (laughs) This will never happen to me again. Yeah. Yeah. A huge pack every month. And I'm like, honey, we don't need it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. We've got a lot. I mean, especially because it's like COVID and then you've got like, like the diapers and everything like that. Like everything was running out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy time. And doing it all, at home with a baby by myself like it was a lot and I'm glad that I had coping strategies but even then I felt so lonely and it was only really when I started opening up to other mums that I'm like thank god I'm not alone yeah that's I think you know the most powerful thing is when we actually speak to a community of other women who are like hey it's okay it is okay that you feel this way and it is perfectly normal and to be able to share stories and that's you know everything that we do having that connection and that support is is powerful yeah that we don't have to be isolated and like we don't have to just internal internalize all the lies that mm-hmm. our brains tell us or mm-hmm. protect us with right we when we talk to other people we can push a lot of that away and, and see what's true and and also normalize all the like imperfections and the flaws and the we have like I just remember going into someone's house and seeing her mess and this was a lady who had older kids and she was like a a model or a mentor to me but when I saw her messy house it's like the way the world fell off my shoulders yes (laughs) and because her home was lovely her children were beautiful everybody was happy and so I was like okay all right Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that that's the difference between going from one to two as well. I think that I really had this, this idea of what a mum should be this like perfect mum who like the kids always like perfectly dressed and you're put together and you're exercising and you know, you're like doing a hobby and you're doing all these different things. And then having the second I'm like, you know what, are my kids fed? Are they clean? Are they happy? good is the house a mess it doesn't matter there's there is another day that that can be tidied and and I think I'm definitely a lot more relaxed with the second baby I'm more chilled I mean I know what to expect coming from her but watching my son develop as well is such a privilege and and that's one of the reasons why I set up the business as well because I want to be a good role model for him I want to be like hey you know you can dream big and you can do whatever you want to do and like if I'm saying that, then I need to embody that. I need to live that and show like, hey, this is what you can do. So yeah, just another another reason for setting up my own business. Good for you. So there's a couple of 
other things that you told me last time that I want to make sure we talk about. And one is your thoughts about women not taking care of themselves or seeing their needs. Oh, yes. Them. What was your experience when that kind of struck you? you yeah, remember? it's so interesting. Oh, baby needs mommy. <laughs> Do you need a pause? Do you mind? I think she just needs a little top up. Yep. One second. Okay. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'll re rephrase that. All right. So asked about a couple of experiences that we talked about before. One was seeing how women still don't put their needs ahead. Yes. Yeah. And then I think I asked also, I can't remember now. So let's just talk about that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. For me, one of the biggest things that I talk about to my clients, but also to all the mums that I know and all the women in my life, how important prioritizing your own self-care is. You know, we've all had that phrase, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that is so true. But we should be not just filling up our cups. They should be so full that we are then pouring from a place of abundance, of joy, you know, like, it's so crazy to me as a cancer patient that people still prioritize other people over themselves. And it's the same as being a mother. You give and you give and you give. You carry the mental load for your family. You are looking after your children. You're like, okay, do they need to go to the doctor? Have I packed this? Have I packed that? You do so many things for so many people. Most of us, we wake up and the first thing we do is, we look at our phones. Like literally the very first act of our day is to start giving away our attention to other people. And what is powerful is when you start putting yourself first, you realize that self-care is not selfish. It's self-full. When you fill up your own cup in whatever way works for you, like there's no one size fits all. For me, what works for me is having, like a morning routine is great, but for me, it starts with a nighttime routine. I know that I'm going to get frazzled in the morning, getting myself ready, my son ready, my baby ready, and getting us all up, dressed out the house by eight o'clock in the morning. So the night before, I'll get out my clothes. I will prepare myself some overnight oats. Maybe I'll throw in some chia seeds. But like that act of, nurturing myself starts my day right the next morning because I know that I've got this and like and I am a big believer in the, in the power of affirmations as well so I, I do like to start my morning with affirmations but you know it's not like a movie you know we're not sitting there journaling about things and doing our affirmations for like 20 minutes at a time like hey we're busy you know we're, we're moms we've got kids we've got lives so I'm also a big fan of working smart, not hard. So maybe I'll be in the shower saying my affirmations or I'll look at myself in the mirror while I'm putting my cream on my face. And that is an act of self-care. And looking at yourself, I don't know if you've ever tried this. If you say your affirmations in the mirror, it's got such a power, like making eye contact with yourself, really, like really believing it. And for those people who don't believe the affirmations like the biggest thing that you can do is you can say to yourself even though I'm struggling to believe that I'm not a good mom I actually realize 
that I'm doing my best. And just by the act of like acknowledging the elephant in the room or that negative voice or that inner critic, you quieten down that voice and you're leaving it open to be like, actually, I'm affirming something positive. And you start looking for the positives. And when you develop this attitude of gratitude as well, when you can see the beautiful things in the world, even when you're going through something really difficult, and it doesn't matter whether it's it's cancer or it's, you know, you're grieving a loved one, or it could be that you're just at your wit's end because you're just so sleep deprived and tired. Being able to notice beautiful things in the world and to feel grateful for the things that you have changes your perspective. And it's, I feel like it's an underused tool. I really do. Like, that gratitude can really change your entire perspective. I love all of that. As you talked about your perspective on self-care, it just felt right. You know, like how could any of us resent or hate or have a distaste for that conversation, for that phrase when you say it the way you do? And your perspective, having been through cancer twice and you struggled with your first big time Mm -hmm. and you've been sleep deprived and now you're actually coaching women who have all different types of stories with their cancer and their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's no better model. There's no better spokesperson for this topic. I'm not trying to like embarrass you, but I remember. Are you kidding? I've got goosebumps. Thank (laughs) you. I love our last conversation when you said that you were trying to get through to these women who have cancer, who are still prioritizing people, which you briefly mentioned already, but Mm -hmm. Like that really struck me. Like if you can't see your needs and you're in that situation where this is life or death and you have like you, you were given that choice really of am I going to live or not? And if you're not in a place where you're prioritizing yourself, maybe you wouldn't care about living. Maybe you wouldn't fight for yourself, right? Exactly. So be worried about someone else. Exactly. And what's interesting for those people, I mean, I, I have a client who's a stage four cancer survivor and she really struggles with prioritizing her own self-care and her own needs, even though she's having chemo, she's not taking the rest that she needs, she's not drinking enough fluids and everything like that, which will have a knock-on effect for her energy levels and how she is. So I was like, if you don't have enough awareness of your own self-worth, then at least do it for your children. Like if like your reason for being here and for fighting as hard as you do is for your kid, then you need to do your own self-care for your kid as well. Because one, when you are taking care of yourself, you have more energy, you have more patience, which is better for everybody. But two, the reason most of us struggle with our self-care is a learnt behaviour because it has been modelled for us by our parents and by their parents. Like It's a generational thing. And if you want better for your kids, then you have to be better. You have to show them that there's another way. And I think, you know, because kids are sponges, they pick all of this up. So, you know, this is one of the things I say, you know, if you can't do it for you, then think about what you're showing your children, what that's acceptable to do. And a huge part of self-care, like it's not all, you know, manicures, pedicures and massages, even though I do love those things. One of the biggest things about self-care is setting and holding your boundaries. 
it is acceptable for you to say no. And yet so many of us have this guilt or this obligation or this shame of like, oh, I have to say yes to this. Or because I said yes to this, I have to go through with it. We don't- I the people pleasing side is big. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not- they accept it. They want it. They need it. And all yeah. of a sudden, zero, right? Yeah, exactly. But like, if that's going to drain your energy, <laughs> there's something that I say to people when it comes to relationships and your own self-care that sometimes you might need to marry condo some of your relationships. Like, does it spark joy in your life? Do they actually fill your cup? Or are they like energy vampires sucking your energy away from you? Do they bring you down? Do you want your children to spend time with them and learn from them? If the answer is no to all of those things, definitely not, then maybe you need to step away from those people a little bit, create a little bit of space for you. And it's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to learn and grow and accepting all of that all of that and the flexibility and the ability to be like what do I need right now what is good for me it's just I I wish that they taught like mindfulness and and self-awareness in schools I really do because I mean I have like teenage um siblings who yeah, they, they just don't know how to advocate for themselves. They are already people pleasers at like 16 years old. Yeah, I feel like that a lot of the things you're talking about are like normal behaviors that we all go through. And, and yeah. even the mindset we all go through. It's almost like this is just a human journey, right? But unfortunately, we waste so many years not knowing what matters most and and <laughs> that we would feel so much better from this or that, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about earlier, I just wanted to like add to your encourage, encouragement to um, do those simple things. I love affirmations. They're so powerful. And sometimes it's scary because people don't want to be raw like that. Like looking at yourself in the mirror while you mm-hmm. say them. I have totally welled up with tears. And it's almost like reconnecting with your old self. And that's mm-hmm. actually beautiful because I can actually see that teenage girl. I can see that girl who you know, lived before all the stress and all the mom, you know, like struggles and, oh, I'm still in there. And that's actually really beautiful. It helps you remember who you are and what your dreams are and, and what you wanted for yourself in, in this you know, phase or whatever it is. And I don't know, there's just some really powerful things. So I just wanted to add to that, that yes, do it before you forget we were talking about that. No, I anyway. love that. I love that. I really do. And like, like we were talking about, like filling your cup, like you can do your affirmations and if you don't have time, like I sometimes will put in my AirPods when I go out for a walk and I will say my affirmations or I will set my intentions for the day or like I will speak it out. And then obviously you've got the headphones in so nobody thinks that you're just a crazy person just muttering to yourself on the street or something. But the power of the spoken word as well, listening to something in your own voice. And sometimes I will just record myself and then I will listen back to it. And I'm and doing I think it. That's yeah, it honestly, it's so, it's so, it's so powerful. Like I'm dropping my son off at nursery and yeah, you can do walking meditations as well. Like it doesn't have to just be sitting there being like, oh, there are so many different ways to do something and it doesn't like one size doesn't fit all. And I think that when we realize that and that we can choose what's best for us, it's exciting. It's like there is a whole like array of different things that we can do and we can try so like why not do them 
it's yeah. you know I think it's beautiful and something well, I, you just, go ahead something you just said about like not living our lives I think the most powerful book that I read that really was an eye-opener and just kind of reaffirmed my own experiences was the top five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Va Wa where can't remember her last name but anyway she was a palliative care nurse and she literally she interviewed hundreds of people and she wrote what the top five regrets are and the, the number one is not living your life as your authentic self it's working too hard it's not maintaining contact with your friends and your family it's not being able to express your feelings like all of these things we shouldn't have to have something traumatic happen to us or be on our deathbeds full of regret to learn to learn this, right? And it's important as mothers to teach the next generation that, you know, to prioritize yourself and your self-care and what you need because you are enough. That is actually one of my affirmations. I am enough and I am worthy and I am open and ready to receive. Oh, I love it. I think it's important what you said about trying different things or even just really spend some time problem solving. If you have a hard time uh, making time or room for affirmations, I just want to explain to people really quick. So affirmations are, aren't just like positive statements. We're, we're talking about ourselves and our beliefs. And maybe it's a belief that you want in the future, right? You want to believe this about yourself. It could be just visualizing what you want in the future, you know, dream-wise or for your family or for, uh, you know, the accomplishments you want to make. And you use I am and I have statements or just present tense, right? Mm -hmm. Is that correct? You can repeat them in the morning, in the evening. I tell my clients to use lines and repeat those to themselves when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling triggered. So in the past, when I learned about them, I printed them out on a paper and would read them to myself in the morning and at night and look in the mirror, hand on my heart. And it was just so powerful. And I saw a lot of changes in my life. I've been like just the things that I was trying to invite were happening. It was just so beautiful. And you see changes in in the way you think and the way you approach life. And yeah, um, I've been out of the habit lately, but when I sit down and I write them out, even just that experience is powerful. It is. It I is a way of handling it. And so you do. You do. You, you, do. And you know, like I've got something as well. This is going to be a game changer. If you want to up level your affirmation game. So this is not just about an attitude of gratitude. This is also about incorporating what we're talking about, about the law of attraction and manifesting. When you're doing your affirmations, you can say an affirmation, everything in the positive, in the positive tense, that's correct. But you can talk about something you're grateful for in the past, something you're grateful for right now, yeah. and something you're grateful for in the future. And if you mix it up, nice. it's so it's so powerful. Like I am so grateful that I can drive a car because it allows me to go wherever I want to go and have the freedom to do so. I'm so grateful for the amazing apartment that I live in that I get to raise in my family. And I'm so grateful for all of the money on its way to me, which allows me to support my family in the way that I want. Like the money one is the positive, is the future one, right? But it's mixed up in there. And the reason why this is so powerful is 
our brain can't tell the difference. Like it really cannot tell the difference between real or fake. Like it's all real to the brain. So it's the same with memories. When you remember something to your brain, it's happening right now, which is why you cry or you laugh or what you feel that emotion because you are literally reliving it. So when you are mixing up your affirmations here with the future and the past, like it's like, okay, that's a real thing and that's a real thing. So the next thing must be a real thing. And what that does, I'm not saying that poof, it's just going to like come out of, of thin air. It's not like we're waving a magic wand. But what it does is it rewires your neural pathways in your brain and your brain's going to start becoming aware of opportunities that maybe were there all along, but you were not open and ready to receive them. And this is why it's so powerful because you can literally create your future right now by just believing that you can and this is what I did in my in my cancer journey and in my manifesting my children I'll show you this here this stays on my desk this is my little pot that my friend a potter made for me and I would rub the belly every day and I'd be like I'm excited to welcome a baby into my life I am fertile yeah I would do all of those and I would I would see it and I would visualize it and when you connect to these emotions as you're saying the affirmations, when you really feel that gratitude and that love coursing through your body, it's it's such a sublime feeling. Like I do feel like you're just then connected to like the oneness of of the world. And I know that I know that some people will probably listen to this and think, oh, she's all woo-woo and crystals and stuff, but I'm literally the most down-to-earth person you'll ever met. But um try it out and like let me know what you think hi Sophia hi dear you're so sweet oh I love that you're <laughs> talking about this while you hold your baby girl it's so <laughs> well no and I'm with you I actually had to I'm Christian and I'm pretty old-fashioned person but when I started taking programs or classes that oh. talked about attraction and affirmations and all this oh. stuff I had to like stop and go, all right, what do I believe? <laughs> is this wrong? Is this weird? Is this okay? And I actually prayed about it and I had some experiences where I, I'm a firm believer. I'm telling you, it's pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, trying to visualize something in my future that I'm trying to make happen right now, because I know that when you're like experiencing it, you're feeling all those sensations of the gratitude, the joy, reaching that goal. And or the joy of the moment. It's it's just really powerful. So I love that we're talking about this. Yeah. And and when you're feeling that way, how is that not gonna happen for you? Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's not toxic positivity, it's not faking it until you make it, it's not you pretending that everything's okay when it's not okay. It's you feeling your emotions and connecting to the present moment and being like, it's okay that I feel this way. And it's okay for me to have more in my life because we also have this idea, right, that you shouldn't want to have more, that you should be, you know, grateful for what you have. I'm like, you can be grateful for what you have and still want more. It's not an it's not an inherently bad thing at all. Like I want everything for my children, and that's gonna come from work. But I also believe that I can have my business. And come from a place of service and to help empower others on their own cancer journeys and deal with 
stress and anxiety and overwhelm so that they can live their lives. I can do all of that and still be a wife and a mum and find place for myself. Like I don't have to hustle. That's not you know, that's that's not on the cards for me. And I think we we should get out of this hustle mentality and this idea that mums have to carry the bulk of the workload. Like why? You know, talk about what you need. If you set boundaries and you know what you will and won't accept, then people will respect that and will respond to that. And I think that like you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself before you can have a healthy relationship with anybody else, including your children, right? Yes, I love this. I I do. There's been so many things that you've said today that are exciting to me because I'm also trying to inspire my audience to think of their own career path as maybe being a coach. And so you've said so many things today that are really reach people who are thinking about this already or haven't thought about it yet. I love the way your excitement, your passion, and the the fulfillment you're experiencing right now is just bubbling out of you. Because that's what I've been trying to express to people. Like, it's not for everybody, but there are a lot of women out there this is right for. And I'm not just advocating for sleep coaching. It's any type of coaching. Mm-hmm. Because there's this movement now where women are, you know, I can change the world in my own little way. And yes. so all these things we've been talking about today, I think it's just... It's uh, exciting. Even if some of the moms that are listening are in the depths of you know, extreme sleep de- deprivation or raising a very high-needs child, these are things that you can think about now and plan for. And also, get help. Get help with sleep, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Get out of that, that place you're in right now so you can move forward, right? Definitely. Definitely. I think there's chronic patience, isn't there? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I mean, one of my my biggest tips that I can give to anyone, like a practical tool that you can do right now, particularly if you're feeling sleep deprived, because when you feel sleep deprived, you automatically, of course, have a shorter temper and you feel stressed and you feel wired. And it's the same when you are feeling anxious about something. What we do when we're feeling that way, you probably realize it, we start to breathe quite shallowly. And that obviously restricts the oxygen into our into our bodies. So one thing that you can do immediately when you are feeling so tired and wired or stressed and overwhelmed or frazzled or you've lost patience, whatever it is that you're going through, just stop what you're doing. And I know we talk about deep breathing, but it's a certain type of breathing technique that you can do. And then there are so many options out there. The one that I love to do, I call it the chill seeker breathing. And all you need to do Ideally, you can close your eyes, but you don't have to. And you just inhale through the nose as long as you can. And you hold your breath for the mental count of three. And then you exhale through the mouth for the mental count of five. And you just do that. And you're just becoming aware of your breath as you're inhaling and you're exhaling. If you want to, you can even say the word relax, relax, relax to yourself when you're doing it. or You can visualize a warming, healing color on the way in and whatever color you want on the way out to exhale any negativity or any emotion. And just that that moment of breathing is a mindfulness technique, but it also allows you to bring oxygen into your body. You relax, your shoulders go down. And what it can do, it not only reduces your stress, but it can also 
increase productivity and creativity. And it can also boost your immune system and your sleep. It has got so many powerful tools because you end up feeling calm, centered, but also energized because you probably don't realize how shallowly that you've been breathing. And when you breathe that way, when you're stressed and anxious, is actually sending your body into that fight and flight response. So just because we say this, right, like if you get angry, like don't shake the baby, put the baby down, take five deep breaths. I'm like, okay, take some deep breaths. But take mindful breaths, really breathe it in, hold it and exhale it. And it is by far the best technique to calm you down and allow you to just access, I call them pockets of peace. (laughs) So like, you know, whether you're like a busy executive and you're back at work and you're stressing out or you're busy trying to do something and you've got like no creativity or you are stressed at home with, with the newborn. Just take these little moments, create that little pocket of peace for yourself and notice the change in your physiology and how you feel your, like just everything. You're literally, we need oxygen to live. So let, like, let's be mindful about what we're bringing into our bodies, right? Like let's enjoy that oxygen. It's free. I love that. Yay. Okay. So I think I've got the directions down and I'm totally picturing an infographic right now. It's going to have your name on it. Don't read. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I mean, it lowers your blood pressure, slows your heart rate, like, and like helps your central nervous system. Why don't we talk about breathing more? I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Breathing is huge and it's been a big part of my journey and learning how to handle stress as well. It's just it's like, hello. I <laughs> The first time I tried the deep breathing, uh, we were supposed to count our breaths in, for one minute. And I think I, I, I don't remember the number. It was crazy high, like 20 or something yeah. like that. And then when we did it nice and slow, I got it down to like six or seven. And there's room for improvement there. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, there's always, yeah, there's always room for improvement. But I mean, like, it's not, a, comp- it's not a competition. We're just breathing. <laughs> I didn't know how shallowly I was breathing, but I yeah. also didn't know this beautiful experience, what it would feel like to breathe mm-hmm. deeply and slowly, yeah. how cleansing and, and, and uh, peaceful that feels. So I'm really glad that you just shared that tip. Yes. I hope everyone will try it. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, because you have got that mind-body connection and your, and your body's so tense when you breathe that shallowly. And just by breathing, you experience complete body relaxation. Like that's, you know, loosey goosey. That's how we're supposed to be. Yeah, but I, I don't think I've ever heard it explained that well. So thank you. <laughs> oh my thank gosh! You. This, you guys, this was just a tiny taste of, of the conversation that she and I had last time. I wish that that one was recorded too. But I'm going to bring you back if that's okay, Natalie. Yeah, of course. So please tell everyone how they can find you so they can get more. <laughs> yes. So I am all over social media. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Natalie underscore life coaching. There you go. Don't even have to remember your last name. <laughs> Natalie underscore life coaching. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then on Facebook. Yeah. And so on Facebook, I'm just, so I'm Natalie Reader, so Natalie, and then my last name, R-I-E-D-E. Yeah. And and- Yes, and I do also have a wonderful gift for your listeners, for any of those women out there who are navigating their own cancer battle and they are looking for a recovery roadmap. 
I have created the Ultimate Cancer Recovery Workbook that you can download completely free, which has got practical tools, tips and strategies, um, things that I did myself to help help navigate my own cancer journey. And it also comes with a bonus guided meditation called the Healing Garden. You can also download the Healing Garden separately if you're not battling cancer, but you are looking for a way that you can access an oasis of calm and release any repressed emotions, then you can also download the Healing Garden completely separately as well. And that is my gift to your wonderful listeners. And I'm going to share the link, but you'll also be able to look that up on your Instagram and Facebook accounts, right? Exactly. So on all of my social medias, there's links at the top, and you can just click on those and access everything and learn more about me. Yeah. Oh, you're just a beautiful soul. I'm so grateful that you're here with us. I've had such a wonderful time. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Me too. Like, do we really have to stop? <laughs> I'll definitely come back. <laughs> good, good, good. Oh, so thank you for taking your time out of your full plate to be with us. I know that you were doing bedtime and now it's time to go take care of yourself. So thanks for making time for us. Well, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Thanks for spending time with us today. Don't forget to look Natalie up at Natalie underscore life coaching.com and Natalie underscore life coaching on Facebook and TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Sweet Slumber podcast the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. Ready to understand your child better? Then take the sleep temperament quiz. Reveal your child's sleep nature and unlock the solutions to your exhaustion in just five minutes.